Welcome to Football with Susan. This is the sound of the crowd going wild. My name's Catherine, and in this podcast, I interview my mum, Susan, about her beloved Geelong Cats and how they're going across the 2021 AFL season. Good afternoon, private number. (laughs) Private number. Nothing says COVID-19 like a private number. Somehow I always know it's new you when I get a phone call from a private number. That's because you're my mum. You just know. <laughs> it's got that sense. Well, hello, my daughter, and hello, cats fans. <laughs> Hooray! How are you feeling? <laughs> oh, I'm a bit exhausted, Catherine. It's yeah. been a big 24 hours, hasn't it? Yes. Do you think that it's daylight savings or yep. Easter or just all together at Geelong excitement? Well, I think it's probably all of those things. Um, daylight savings has definitely had an impact. Um, a six o'clock start on on a the Sunday morning with a small child was probably, um, you know, oh, yes. <laughs> six o'clock. And then, oh yeah, she's she's awake very early. That little one, and uh, then of course the big game, and then all the visitors over Easter, and including yourself, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It's been a big week, big big few days. Yes, and then and then on top of that, the game that I could barely watch. Yes. Well, let's let's get into that in just a second. But yes. first of all. Like you mentioned, you might be. <laughs> no, I'm not actually. Okay. Not in the bar. All right. There's, so, there's something that's um, interfering with the phone line, though. Oh. I I'm can... hearing a little that. Oh, I can hear you okay. Okay. Can you oh, well, that's all right. Okay. That's the main thing. All right. Well, um, let's start with game two of the season. So, yes. Cats versus the Brisbane Lions in Geelong. So this yes. is game two. This was last week um, yes. at Virginia Park, which now, according to the internet, is called the GMHBA Stadium, which I That's was totally confused yes. about. And yes. we won. 81 we won. to 80. So we did. And even though all those Brisbane supporters say they were robbed, we won. And uh, we were leading all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the last minute, there were some very questionable umpire decisions throughout the game, which really? probably went both ways. But of course, I only noticed the ones <laughs> against the against Geelong. I don't look at anything else. Um, and so, of course, that last um, that last infringement by uh, Mark Blitznarves in the last dying seconds of the game right in front of the Brisbane goal. Well, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, isn't it, really? Um, so and there have been on. a number so of poor decisions that had gone against Geelong in, uh, in the goal area and right. throughout, so I kind of figured, well, you know, this is the way, this is what happens so in a game that's that sometimes he, hard to tell which way they're going to call it. <laughs> so did, well, well, was Geelong down and then he won with that goal? No, 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 oh. no, we were ahead. Right. Um, and we were ahead by one point at the very end of the game. And if the umpire had given the free kick, which, to be perfectly honest, was probably warranted to the Brisbane team, they would have kicked a goal because it was dead in front. Right. 
and subsequently we would not have won. However, as I have said all along, you know, these these uh, holding the ball uh, situations are very, very confusing to everyone, obviously including the umpires. We need to get someone on to who, who's your, who would you, who do you really want to ask this question of, the holding the ball? Like who's your... I want to ask the head of the umpiring panel, what is this rule about holding the ball? I mean, even yesterday there was another one where someone held the ball for about a second and was touched from behind and it was considered holding the ball and yet five minutes, you know, even 20 seconds later, another player would grab the ball have it held to them or just be holding on to it and be twisted around four times and it was play on. I mean, really. Okay. It's just it's just basically um, one of those mysteries of life. Well, look, head of the umpiring committee, if you're listening, we yes. are interested in having you on to yes. ask some tough questions. Yes, I want some expert input on what is this holding the ball rule exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm a pedant about these things. I I don't want it to be to the discretion of the umpire. I want to know exactly what it is. And look, (laughs) I know that you went to the game with Bridget. It was interesting. Well, just getting to the game was interesting before the game even started. Here we were. We arrived parked our car up in Newtown, as we do, mm-hmm. walked down to the stadium, and then we had to walk from one side of the stadium all the way around to the other because of seats that we had been allocated. We had to enter from gate five, mm-hmm. which was the completely opposite end of the field. And we got it started getting, uh, as we walked around, we realised that the lines were incredibly long, two, three 400 people waiting in line at each gate. Oh, it was unbelievable. And then we walked down to ours and I thought, we're never going to get in. Mm. The the lines were barely moving. And um, And I bet you were patiently waiting. Oh, you know me, full of patience. Yeah, full of patience. Yeah, definitely. My middle name is Patience. That's right. So anyway, we stood there and, of course, realised after a while that we were not going to get in by the time the game started. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it, – the, the, the line just wasn't moving. I think um, they – I don't know what had happened. I mean, really, I suppose we should have got there an hour and a half before the game mm. so that we would have been uh, – got in in plenty of time but really that's you know ridiculous Mm. and you know Geelong is renowned for um you get there as the game's about to start and you go in that's that's just the culture um but anyway we finally I think they just decided someone decided I don't know who that they needed more um staff on the gates to get things moving a lot quicker and uh that's what happened and we were told after about 10 to 15 minutes to move around to another section to go in the same gate but from a different angle and they had uh, tables lined up with machines all ready to go Mm. so I don't know whether they brought more machines in so that they could actually Take um, take temperatures or the tickets no, no, we didn't have our temperatures taken. It was just that all the tickets were electronic um, because, they, you know, we, we were all allocated a seat over the, you know, from the computer. It mm. wasn't – it was quite a different setup to what we normally right. have. And 
we were allocated a seat in a, in the similar stand, but in the same stand, but on the third tier, which was actually a beautiful view. Um, but it meant that everything was on our. Footy fans, technology beaten us again. Oh, anyway, it seems to be working now, so let's just keep okay. going. Um, so I understand that there was some seating dramas. You had someone sitting yes. behind you that we started talking about at Easter, and I feel like we need to discuss here. Well, this guy behind us, we, we were actually sitting. It was a great view, and we were sitting on the end of the row, which I actually quite liked because I could spread my legs out and I wasn't just sort of cramped up. Um, and uh, um, But the person behind us, I think, talked about everything other than football through the whole game. And, oh, we heard about um, Michael Gudinski's uh, state funeral and the concert that took place the week previous. We heard of all sorts of oh. things that were going on. And at one stage he whistled so loudly... <laughs> Another technical drama, but we're back on track. Um, right. So here is okay. your first question from the crowd. Um, yes. So it's, I'm going to play it to you, so hopefully you can hear it. Um, oh. Here we go. Mm. Oh, no, can't hear it yet. All right, here we go. Hi, this is Harlow and Audrey Griffith from Malacuda. Um, we would like to ask... 
What do you feel about the win for Geelong last night? Because do you go for Geelong? Did you hear that? I heard it was Harlow and uh, his sister. Yes, Audrey. From Malakuta. Uh, said something about, what did I think about the win, I think. Yes, that's is that, right. that correct? That is the gist of the question, absolutely. Well, of course, I'm very excited that we won. This This is yesterday. Not last night's game. Last night's game. I have to say, Harlow, that my heart was in my hands and I couldn't watch the last quarter. <laughs> I am going to admit right now that the last quarter was just too much for my sensibility. Minute mark. I had left the room. So I'm very excited that when finally I came back in. No, no, my husband came out and told me that I was missing the song, and I said, "Oh, the Geelong song." And he said, "Yes, you're missing the song." <laughs> and you is that how you knew that? And is that how you knew the Cats won? <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> and I'm an absolute wimp. And then last night I did go back into uh, onto the computer and I watched the final quarter from start to finish and saw that magnificent play by, um, uh, well, what's his name? <laughs> I've completely forgotten. Henry, Jack Henry and okay. Jordan Clark, which was unbelievable speed. Mm. What happened? So, so I can tell you, Harlow, that I'm a real wimp. <laughs> and if Geelong starts to look like they're going to lose, I, I find it very difficult to watch. But I'm very happy that they won. That's absolutely true and, and very distinct memory of mine uh, throughout my childhood. But actually it does... I can actually watch it better when I'm at the game than if I'm watching it on television. Right. Um, I feel leave. a little bit more in control when we're at the game. I can okay. actually see everything that's happening on the ground and I can kind of see how it's all building. But when you're watching it on television, they tend to focus too much on the player with the ball and sometimes you can't see what's going on around them right. which makes it a bit harder to really feel that you know what's happening right and what's mm, well that's, Harlow that's and Audrey, my problem Harlow and Audrey I hope that you enjoyed that answer it's all about the thank big you picture. for the question Harlow and Audrey <laughs> um that actually feeds quite well into another question we have mm. From your husband, Kevin Kelly. Of course. He says, yes. um, I hope it's not an embarrassing question this week. <laughs> I mean, give the people <laughs> what they want. Um, where did you, his question is this Where did you go for a little walk? When and why? Well, actually, I didn't go very far. I just went into the backyard and um, I found all sorts of little things that needed doing. I found there were a couple of pot plants that needed to be moved because they were in the wrong place and one of them wasn't getting enough sun. Mm -hmm. So I went to the garage, (laughs) pulled out the the trolley so that I could move the plants without hurting myself. And then I decided that we'd had four dogs visiting us over the weekend. So there was quite a lot of mess in the backyard (laughs) that needed to be picked up. things you can do. When and you're, removed, uh, yes. The, the things, the things that you can find to do when you're a little bit anxious and nervous, so you you have to use up a bit of nervous energy. Absolutely. And I have to admit, there were a couple of times that I walked to the back window and peeked. Actually, what was the? I was in the backyard. Okay, you're in the backyard, peeking yep. through the window, trying to find the score. Got it. Yep. Um, okay, well, tell, give me give me your highlights. What what was the what was the best bit? 
Oh, the, the best bit was just what I said, the, um, the play by Jack Henry who intercepted the ball as it was going in for, I'd say, an almost definite goal to, to um, Hawthorne and he intercepted it and ran and he ran around three Hawthorne players, put on a bit of speed, bounced the ball, then he hand-passed it to Jordan Clark, who is very, very quick. I think he's one of the quickest players in the league. And he took off, bounced the ball at least a couple of times, hand-passed it to Tom Hawkins, who one would normally think would just kick the ball and kick a goal because that's what he does. But he hand-passed it back to Jack Henry, who was able to... Um, then pass it on to Jordan Clark, who finished off right in front of goal and kicked it through. It was a fantastic piece of play. And Very quick. Yeah. And um, these are just two quite young players. They must be only 20, maybe 21, both wow. of them. And they, so they're new, they're, they're young um, talent in the team, which is really good to see. Great. So the last, the final score was 69 to 64. So yep. what happened? I, I know that I, I was, I came into the lounge room and Jared was watching and think mm. they were ahead by quite a lot. Yes, then, they were ahead by. And then I went to watch some Gilmore points. Girls. I yes. came back and yes. things are changing. Well, the last quarter, Hawthorne came out um, and they were obviously wanting to win and they put on two very quick goals, which is when I decided to leave. And I could see what was happening here. And Geelong had also had two injuries to players in the first three quarters. So they were down a a rotation of play and... um, they were obviously tiring, I felt. But these two young blokes, they just took the game on. Um, so, yes, look, really, uh, Hawthorne did very well in the last quarter. They hadn't done much in the first three quarters. so And I guess you have to play four quarters of football, don't you? Absolutely. I do. Every mm, time. No, of course. Of course, <laughs> Catherine, you do. Um, so, look... In the end, I think, yes, we probably, the last quarter, I thought maybe we started slowing down a bit, but Hawthorne basically picked up the pace and um, we but we came away with a win and we put ourselves in a good position to win, you know, by, by third quarter. So, you know, we were, the game was on our terms for at least three quarters of the time. Fantastic. So mm. we have a question from the crowd here. Yes, um, yes. This is from Megan's, uh, so your oldest daughter, Megan, her yes. work colleague, Dave, yes. who is apparently oh, very right. invested in the podcast and um, this question. <laughs> he actually submitted a few questions, but we'll see which ones. So Thank he, you, Dave. he says, um, how do you feel about Chris Scott's fiery personality? Oh, I, I think Chris Scott's fantastic. Mm. Um, I think he's, uh, yes, of course, he's passionate about the team and about winning and so on. Um, and I think perhaps he got pulled into it. Uh, this, he's, I think what he's, Dave is referring to was the week's, previously when he uh, spoke with one of, when Chris Scott spoke with one of the Brisbane players at the end of the uh, court first quarter and there was just perhaps a little bit of uh, a to and fro there and uh, it's, it's a bit of a no-no for coaches to speak to 
rival players. Oh, wow. However, uh, I think Chris saw the error of his ways and he basically said, yes, well, I, I have to be bigger than that and I'm intending on being bigger than that. Look, normally he's a very, I think, very reasonable and speaks in a very rational way at, at the press conferences. Um, and I think, you know, some everybody gets a little carried away. I mean, look at me, Catherine. Oh. Cool, calm and collected <laughs> most of the time. And then said. put me in front of a football game and I'm a... I'm a yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So we all have our little problems. Um, <laughs> but I, I think uh, Chris Scott's got a pretty good head on his shoulders most okay. of the time and, and I think he will admit he, to his mistakes when they're, when they're there. Mm. Mm. Um, well, why don't we go to another one of Dave's questions? Oh, okay, um, Dave. I think mm-hmm. that that one went quite well. Um, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> how long do you think that Geelong can be a contender Oh, sorry, how long do you think that Geelong can be the contender before the inevitable drop-off due to no draft picks? Oh, very good question, Dave. Mm. Yes, well, we did uh, give away quite a lot of draft picks because we took on Jeremy Cameron, who at this stage has not played because of his injury to his uh, hamstrings. Well, look, I think we only got Jeremy Cameron Cameron, because we gave up uh, Tim Kelly, who was my favourite player two years ago, and we got three draft picks for him. So in some ways that kind of neutralises that out a little bit. Um, I think we have to be very careful um, that we don't take on too many older players from now on. I do think that we do have to start really looking at our younger players and bringing them on. But look, as I said about the two players yesterday, that's the future of the team. So I think we'll be fine. We do have an older list now, so we have to try and uh, make sure that young players get lots of practice and get uh, game game practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need to do well this year to continue being a contender. Uh, and I think once Jeremy Cameron uh, it, it gets off the um, injury list, I think he'll be a great asset. But, um, you know, so we've got lots to look forward to this year, lots to look forward to. Oh, a hopeful and season. hopefully into the future. Great. Well, let's go back to last night's game just to yes. um, chat about that a little bit more. Is there yes. um, any uh, other exciting moments you want to talk about, any standout players? Uh, Cam, Cam Guthrie is a fantastic player. He's our one of our centre players and he's a, a very humble uh, young fellow and he is playing the best football uh, of his life at the moment. Won the best and fairest last year for Geelong and he continues to, to be one of the best players on the ground every week. He really is. Um, his skills are getting better and better. He puts himself in good position all the time and he is a go-to player. So that's um, a very positive. And he's still, I think, he's at about 26 something like that now, so he's got a few years left. Mm. Um, Some really good goals. Uh, There was a great goal from Brian Myers again, across the body, straight through the middle. Brendan Parfitt's doing very well. Uh, Of course, Tom Hawkins up in the forward line is a a bit like a major general up there, you know. The play is always... um, pointing out and telling people where to go is is really directs the play. Um, oh, Tom Stewart in the back line is one of our best players 
and uh, and I've mentioned Jack Henry and um, Jordan Clark. It was nice to see Mitch Duncan back on the ground again after being injured for oh, yeah. quite some time with a calf injury, and he had something like 37 touches. Oh, I forgot to mention that um, Cam Guthrie had 43 touches, which is pretty unknown mm. in the game of football. It's an extraordinary number of uh Right. Uh, plays, yeah. What would be a normal number so, of plays? Sorry? Him? What would be a normal number of plays for a game? Um, normal number, oh, you, you know, a good number for the day is probably 30, 35. Yeah, right. That's that's good. Of course, we're missing, we're, we are missing Gary Ablett, I have to say. Mm-hmm. We're certainly missing um, Patrick Dangerfield and um, we missed... Gary Rowan yesterday, we've got those two players out on suspension at the moment. They were naughty and they need to behave themselves next, next time. <laughs> what um, happened? And uh, so, I, look, there were lots of good things. I, I'm not sure about the stop play that we, we have. I think we need to be sometimes take on the game a bit more, but that's the style of play that, you know, a control style of play that uh, Chris Scott's got them playing. Yeah, right. And um, I think, um, as it was explained to me by my other daughter, Bridget, today, Mm -hmm. Hawthorne is a very fast team, so we could not outpace them, apart from those two guys that I've mentioned already five times. And so we really needed to play the game on our terms and not allow them to get Mm. too, um, too out of control. Yep. Some good advice. Does that answer your question? I think I can't remember what my question was, but I reckon it was it about um, passage play, good play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, something like that. Yeah. So next Sunday is Cats versus the Demons at yes. MCG. Yes. Um, any thoughts, hopes, dreams? What tips? Well, I think we'll have to be on our best again because Melbourne's been playing pretty well. I think. Um, we need. To, we still won't have those two suspended players back, so we're within out them for another week. Uh, we've got to. It's at the MCG, which is a bigger ground than um, oh, yeah. Geelong ground, so that means we have to again um, be prepared for a, um, a a fast game, probably later in the afternoon. The sun is always a problem at four o'clock in the afternoon at one end of the ground. Mm. The sun is in someone's eyes at one stage or mm. another. So, um, you know, we're just going to have to really be uh, every game, I think. Uh, they can't afford to to drop a game, really. They're just going to have to keep on keeping on. Okay. Mm. Well, um, and we're not going. I'll be watching on television again. I, okay. I just don't feel like getting on the train going to Melbourne to watch football games. No, that's fair enough, I think. Mm. We are in a pandemic, even though at the moment things are going fairly well here. Very sensible. Mm. Um, and most importantly, how are you going in the family footy tipping competition? Oh. <laughs> I'm probably one ahead of you, Catherine. And what did you get? <laughs> Actually, I didn't even check to see how many I got this week. Oh, unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable! I know. I'm very engaged. Uh, that's, you'd think I'd be a little more on the on the ball. That's, yeah. I know, Kevin. That's the first thing he does is to check his foot tech to see exactly is he <laughs> in front of everybody else in the family. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I don't that's know his where name in life. It didn't even occur to me to check how everyone else was doing. I <laughs> I know that the first week I got one out of nine, um, yes. and then I pulled my socks up. 
And the next week I got six out of nine, which the internet told me was excellent tipping based on um, the color, um, based on tipping um, on my favorite color. So the tip that is. Um, it's a very good combo. system, Catherine. Yes. And then this week I got five out of nine, so I feel like I've kind of hit my stride. Um, yes, I'm doing yes. Quite well. So, well, I always pitch along, so I either get same. one up or one down every week. <laughs> <laughs> there was that one yeah. time many years ago I picked against my team and we won. Oh. And I said, I, at that point, I said, I will never pick against them again, never. Okay. Even if I don't think they'll win, I will still pick them. Well, interestingly, I found out that even though I've been picking Collingwood to support Jared, he yes. has not been picking Geelong to support me. It's so not reciprocated. Not reciprocated. So I think that I'm going to have to um, consider oh, that for next time. Isn't that typical? Typical. Oh, typical. Collingwood supporters, isn't that typical? You are right, Mum. You are completely <laughs> right. You've always said... And I didn't listen, and now I'm paying the price. The I know. Price. My father always said, does he barrack for Collingwood? If he did, that was an absolute no-no. That's very interesting. <laughs> I'm quite surprised that hasn't come up, actually, when Grandpa has, um, has talked to us. Maybe he's just being polite. Who knows? Um, because we do talk about football, but, yeah, maybe Jared's kept that under his oh, Maybe he just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> Um, now I'm going to wrap up because yes. my computer is being a bit temperamental today. Yes, and um, we'll see whether anything has been recorded that's right. we'll or not. We'll see if anything has happened. Um, but out of ten, how likely do you think it is that Geelong oh. is going to win the premiership this year? Uh, look, I'm still not, I'm still not totally convinced. I'm still putting them at about a six. Well, yes, one I think they're going to have to get time. some players back and really things to settle down into a nice rhythm. Um, for me to start going any higher than that. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think maybe this season I might make some kind of graph. Um, yes. Because we've oh, gone that's probably a good idea. from yeah. five to a six um, after two wins, which I think is pretty rough actually after two wins. Maybe they deserve a little bit more, but that's all right. We're keeping the lid on it. No, um, keeping the lid on it. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to cover about the last two games? Or no, no. I'm just waiting for them to come back to Geelong again so that we can uh, go again. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we'll have all the ticket stuff sorted out a bit more by then. I mean, I, it's part, I'm not unhappy with the way that went. It's just it was. I need to make sure I get to the game a bit earlier. Okay. But, um, no, I think um, Bridget and I are, you know, I'm not being growled at too much at the moment, so that's a good thing. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's how you know. That's how you know you're doing all right. Yes. Um, sounds good. Sounds like a good gauge. Well, good luck on Sunday okay. versus the Demons. And, yes. Um, Go, Cat. Yeah, get some rest. And, foot, and footy fans, just keep on cheering. <laughs> Go for it. All right. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Football with Susan. Uh, thank you to Susan and to everyone who contributed questions from the crowd. Uh, if you've got a question for Susan, please feel free to let me know. My guess is if you're listening, you've probably got a way to contact me. Uh, so please feel free. Bye.